Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a Miracle Made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver-infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle Made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made. Come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Fake the Nation, episode 313. Hello, hello. This is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and where we rejoice as inflation shows signs of uh, easing. Um, and I got a piece of furniture in 10 days. It was really small, but still. Uh, I'm your host, Nikki Farsad. And honestly, we might be on the other side of having to say the word supply chain, which I'm very excited about because we have said it way too many times in the last few years. So let us let us retire that phrase for the rest of our lives. Uh, maybe that was the last time I will have said it. Let's see what happens for this episode. Today, we're going to check in on the news with its committee hearings, its executive orders, its gun laws. We'll also ask, why is air travel so chaotic right now? And finally, we'll dip into a grab bag of weird and talk about gentle minions and gophers like normal. Oh my God, I'm so excited by today's panel. Oh, you guys, for the first time ever, joining us is comedian, writer. He's the host of The Juice with Team Coco. He's just, he's just obviously an excellent person, <laughs> though we've never really met. <laughs> which is odd. Um, but I'm so excited he's on the show today. It's Solomon Giorgio. Hey, Solomon. Hi. Hello, Nagin. How's it going? Oh, my God. I'm so, so happy you're here. Well, I'm happy and to be here. And joining us on the show for the one millionth time is the amazing 
Uh, I mean, first of all, he's an amazing comedian, and you should see his comedy art whenever you can. Yeah. I mean, comedy, like, as in comedy is an art form. Stand-up is an art form, not like he does comedy art. Anyways, what? I'm already messing up the intro of the amazing host of the daily podcast, Stand-Up with Pete Dominic. It is the wonderful Pete Dominic. Hey, Pete. Hey, Nagin, I changed the name of my podcast to The Supply Chain with Pete Dominic. <laughs> and I also just want to say dick. off the top because I don't, because I've never met Solomon Giorgio. But when I found out I was coming on uh, with him, I looked him up. I watched all his stuff. Oh, no. And I just want to say. You're such a stalker. I, such a great comedian. So, so funny. I laughed my ass off. And I'm, I'm really psyched to be here with you. And, well, of course, hi, Nagin. Hi, Nagin. I have nothing positive to say about you. Just a hilarious stand up comedian as well. (laughs) I'm very happy Um, to be on your show. I love it. Uh, well, we love having you. And before we get into topic number one, I just want to remind everyone that you can go to patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad to uh, support the show for as little as $1. And for as little as $4, you get free episodes of the show. Um, we we just did a, a, a dropped an episode, um, la- two weeks ago about, um, places where people escape like how you hide um in a personal situation where you just like are done with your family and your friends and you want to like hide from them but also where you want to hide if you're like in a let's say you're in a criminal enterprise right it's just like a crazy segment where we talk about hiding um we're, we're dropping an episode today about the kind of culture we consume to make us feel the summer feelings which was a which was i feel like a sweaty, a delightfully dewy episode um, of uh, Fake the Nation bonus. So uh, go to patreon.com slash Nikin Farsad to join in on these fun um, extra episodes. Let's get into it with topic number one. Okay, so we didn't really plan on talking about this, but let's just say a couple of quick words about the committee hearings. Uh, The January 6th committee hearings are at it again with another riveting episode. Last week's episode with Cassidy Hutchins was kind of like the Red Wedding episode. Uh, and then this episode is more like the episode that happened after the Red Wedding <laughs> episode where they had to like regroup the plot and like kind of to see where everybody was and what all the, who all the players are. Um, so they kind of clarified some plot points. Did you guys have any major takeaways from yesterday's committee hearings? Um, not really. I feel like this was, yeah, it was definitely like the prequel uh, to <laughs> the last movie, which was nice. It's like, yeah, we get some backstory. Um, but I think th- wasn't the fight the newest piece of information that we got? Uh, yeah. Tell me yeah, about it. There, there was a messy, a very messy fight argument, almost became a fist fight in the White House on December <laughs> or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. That I think we'd heard some some reporting about yeah, that. Yeah, some rumors I, I, about that. I, one thing I learned is that uh, you know we heard from this Twitter employee testified using a, a an altered voice technology, and I'm pretty sure that everybody that person worked with at Twitter was basically listening, going, "Isn't that Gary? That that's definitely got to be Gary." <laughs> like, uh, why? Like, you weren't. He wasn't hiding it just because he he hit his name, and I wasn't sure how effective that was. But overall, the way that they're they're doing this like a TV show is has been excellent. They're prosecuting uh, American Carnage by Donald Trump really well. Those are just my <laughs> it's the best TV miniseries of the year, honestly. Oh yeah, my honestly. god! I mean, and, uh, why wasn't it nominated for an Emmy? Is the question <laughs> that's on all of our minds. Honestly, um, yeah. I mean, I thought the other fun moment, fun. It's none of it's fun, but the other uh, interesting moment was uh, Stephen Ayers, who pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor charge for storming the Capitol. Talked about, um, you know, he's just kind of like your regular dude who was a part of the the mass. There and he talked about how Trump's word 
words made him do this and that and the other. Not made him, but she was just like, well, we were told by the president to do this, so then we went and did it, right? And so it kind of clarifies that connection from just like a, your regular Joe who was following the president's, he, he, he said explicitly at one point, well, the president was there and he riled us up and so then, you know. Um, and I thought that was really effective. Um, it was also interesting to hear from Cipollone, the, the, the lawyer who, who kept, you know, walking in on meetings with Michael Flynn and Sidney Powell, um, disgraced Michael Flynn and um, Trump's lawyer, Sidney Powell, how they were like, yeah, we had this idea of like seizing voting machines. And Cipollone was like, now that's a terrible idea, right? So there was all these just like, there's just fun detail about the chaos of those meetings and those days um, and how many insane things. And then the f- then here was the cliffhanger moment. It really, really makes you watch want to watch the next episode. Liz Cheney ended on a note about witness tampering. Uh, what, what did you think about that? I love a cliffhanger. I honestly, <laughs> she she's like, look, uh, she's done a lot of terrible things as a politician for me, but... Uh, the way she's been handling these hearings, like the, the, the most, the best narrator of all time, is truly impressive. Truly impressive. So basically, Trump. It sounds like he tried to call a witness who's as yet un. Uh, they haven't unveiled who this witness is, but he tried to call the witness. The witness was like, "I'm not." Is ignore a call and like called his own or he or she called their own lawyer and was like, um the former president who's already made my life real shitty because I have to fucking talk to Congress uh, is trying to call me. So what do we do? Hey, you know? uh, Gary, the- it's me. Listen, I hear you testifying. <laughs> uh, someone told me, Mark told me, you, te- you told me, excuse me, I hear you testifying next week. I just wanted to, just give me a call back because I want to talk to you about some ways, some things that I think, obviously I'm sure you're going to be. Hello, Gary. Hello. that is exactly it okay let us move on to the um, next order of uh, news biden signed an executive order that basically calls on the federal government to do everything in its authority to safeguard abortion access for residents in states that have banned it uh what did you make of this executive order pete well i mean there there's more that can be done for sure and it's hard to have a lot of this, you know, parse this the way it needs to be parsed in, in, in a conversation because it's such an important issue. But one of my favorite and a feminist uh, writer columnist is uh, Moira Donegan, who writes at The Guardian. And she has a long piece about it. But one, one thing she says is perhaps what's most noticeable about Biden's executive order is what it doesn't say. It doesn't say the administration will make federal lands and red states available for abortion services, as some legal experts have urged. It does not say the Department of Justice will bring lawsuits against states that ban abortion medication on a theory that such a ban violates the FDA's supremacy. And it does not pledge a repeal of the Hyde Amendment. So there's there's more that can be done, but they're, you know, they're worried about being sued and they're worried about the politics of it for some reason. And so, yeah, I, I think that's one quick good take. I mean, I, I think the worrying about being sued feels legitimate because it'll just drag things out and it'll, you know, they want to have something that's kind of like, you know, unassailable. Uh, so I understand how that 
not to, you know, not to defend anybody, but I, I, I understand that issue. And also there's so many questions about if there's an abortion clinic on federal land, when a, when a provider walks out of that clinic, what happens? They're, like, that's the big question. Black uh, bag. They put a bag over their head and throw them in a van. They, put, <laughs> they wear a mustache and some glasses and one of those big nose, noses. And they walk out and nobody knows that they were an abortion provider. Which, by the way, is there an executive order about glasses and fake mustaches? Can we get something <laughs> like that in the books? Um, uh, um, Solomon, I wanted to ask you, there's this this kind of interesting thing happening where, gov- where governors of certain states are like, oh, hey, if you want to move your business to my state, yes. we don't ban abortions and it's better for the ladies in your company. What do you, what do you think of this new um, pitch? It's um, it's well, I, yeah, I saw that Newsom set it up. It's unfortunately, it's just in poor taste for me. Honestly, it's like that's that should be like it should like I think we should be constantly focusing on making sure it's like hey, get people over here. If your company's here, get them here. But I like I don't feel like it should be like advertised. Like hey, if you want to come over here, it's just a very weird. Like weird you think time. you think you think women's rights should be enough? It shouldn't have to be broken <laughs> to capitalism. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Just a little bit. Like, I feel, well, it's just like, if it didn't happen literally like the next day, then I would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, this is something you can say a a month from now when you're focusing on just getting women to come here and be protected. But like when it's like the same week, you're like, oh, that's that's a little weird. I'll say, I'll say as 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 a lady with a womb or whatever, uterus and all that stuff, um, I will say that whatever gets you there, right? Like if it's a capitalist argument, like I'm not offended that like the first consideration isn't women. Like to me, if a a governor's like, let's just throw every noodle at the wall and this noodle (laughs) is about the alluring business, you know? Um, I'm like what, I'm kind of like whatever gets you there, but I also understand that it may come off like a little... I agree. It's, I don't disagree. It's like I, I think it's a difference between an email and a tweet. Like there's that should have been an email. Uh, <laughs> there's yeah. a, uh, some some uh, some businesses are you know being public about if if their employees need an abortion they'll pay for it, which is I think is good. You know, it's different from what you're talking about in terms of states trying to invite you over. Hey, you want abortion? Come on over to California. But one of the companies that said they would do this, and I just think it's funny because I'm four, is Dick's Sporting Goods. <laughs> So Dick's is like, yeah. Well, if any, if you need an abortion, you work minimum wage, stocking the shelves at Dick's. God, By the I, way, really, I, love, I really I appreciate love you pointing that out because I, <laughs> there's also a four-year-old boy that lurks inside of me that really enjoys that. Um, here's another really fun. Again, this is obviously, as we've noted on on the previous episode, really fucking heinous. However, there was a fun moment that a pregnant woman in Plano, Texas, had where she got a d- ticket for driving alone in an HOV lane. The cop stops her and, sh- and started writing up her ticket. And she's like, I'm not alone. I have, uh, and she, she showed her pregnancy. And she's like, there's a second person in the car. And the cop is like, yeah, that's not going to work. And she got the ticket. And she's like, oh, I'm going to fight it. And she's like, I don't mean to get, get political here, but if the, if the state of Texas is saying that this is a person, like, then I'm riding in the HOV lane. Yeah. And I just thought that was uh, so brilliant and, um, you know, a, like a moment of levity, like of, of, you know, of how of the slippery slope that that yeah. side is on. 
yeah, I, that's 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 a great advantage to take. But also, I think that should just be a general rule altogether. If you're pregnant, you should be able to get on the HOV lane regardless. Oh, thank you. <laughs> like it's just yes, a simple. Yeah, like giving up your subway seat. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with that. But that wouldn't stop me from judging any woman I see driving without another person in the passenger seat. What the hell? What the hell? She's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to do the international mm-hmm. signal, which is a rounded hand movement in front of your body. Uh, okay, let's move on to Biden signed a new gun law that's going to expand background checks. Um, for prospective gun buyers under the age of 21, giving authorities up to 10 business days to examine juvenile and mental health records. It sets aside millions of dollars so states can fund intervention programs uh, like mental health and drug uh, and drug courts and carry out so-called reg- red flag laws that allow authorities to temporarily confiscate guns from any person found by a judge to be too dangerous to possess them. Pete, what do you think of this gun law? It's huge. It's a, it's a massive, massive. It's the first time we've done anything nationally in 30 years. I always like to remind people that when after a horrible shooting happens, I mean, they happen all day, every day. But the ones that get the most attention are usually white people, a bunch of them in a room. But but the, the you know, when 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 it happens, I think that it's important to remind people that there are activists in every state across the country that have been working to get laws passed at the state level. So a lot does happen at the state level. But nationally, this is the first time we've done anything. And, yeah. you know, it's like good. In 30 years. It's good because of that. But it's it. We have so far to go because it's still the guns and the amount of bullets you can put in the guns. And I think that I've, I've heard from some a lot of experts who I interview pretty constantly on my show. The mental health expenditure is kind of a red herring. Like people aren't killing people because their mental health. They're being radicalized. It's not like they don't have resources available to them. They can have resources. It's that they have access to firearms and no friends and they can't get laid and and all these other <laughs> normal things. I mean, these are normal things, but you know, most of us don't turn to, to violence. So this whole expenditure in mental health, it just gives Republicans, conservatives, gun lovers, uh, something to say that they're doing and that they've done. Most men, you know, it also makes mentally ill people, people dealing with mental health issues, uh, seem dangerous. They aren't. They're far more likely to hurt themselves than they are anybody else. And that, I think, is a really important point to remember when we talk about, oh, if we just invested in m- mental health. No, we need to invest in not radicalizing people into being horrible misogynists and, 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 and terrorists. Uh, but I, I do have to say, I, I got to love that uh, um, uh, the background check for buyers under age of, under the age of 21, because, you know, right after Uvalde, listeners might remember, we looked at um, a study that talked about that per- a particular law could have um, fixed a lot of the gun problems that we've seen that have kind of been um, in, in the news in the last year. And uh, and so that one felt really that particular provision felt really good to me. What do you think, Solomon? Was that the boyfriend law or? No, that's the just like because a lot of these shooters have been yeah. under the age of 21 and true. didn't get a background check. And um, so this this it, there's like because we have a young yeah. man problem, uh, some young men problem. Very much. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's probably I think it's that's going to be definitely beneficial because. It's it is a spur of the moment decision that a lot of these guys make. Some of them are yeah. are are like very like thought out for a few months, but a lot of some of them are like I'm gonna do it today, and it's kind of nice to have somebody be like, you're not gonna be able to buy the gun today or tomorrow, yeah. or and it's yeah, it's just it's it sucks, and like I definitely think it's, it's gonna be a big benefit. I don't know how it will work because it doesn't mean that person can't get access to a gun through somebody else, but sure. 
but at least make sure that they won't get it immediately and we'll have some a little bit of reprieve <laughs> but there's i don't know it's tough to say because it's still such a such a terrible situation to have in this country and i feel like for me it's like there's calling those out but also more importantly like i just wish this country did a better job at calling extremist groups that are that are inspiring these young men <laughs> Right. And I mean, yeah, that that's a whole other. Uh, and that's why you need a, a, a hundred. What is it? What is the term? A hundred and eighty degree approach or a three hundred and sixty mm-hmm. degree approach? A three hundred and sixty <laughs> degree approach? Hundred eighty. What? Two hundred and fifty five degree approach? It's two hundred and seventy five degrees. <laughs> but I mean, you need, I, I, you need I, to like address the the culture yeah. what they're what they're being targeted with you need to address the, if they're poor you need to address mm-hmm. if they have uh, you know i don't know sports to do well, like always, you just need to address like a ton of things i i almost forgot we, we were having this conversation and i'm sure we're moving on to something even more fun but <laughs> i mean it's it's got to be mentioned uh they're always men mm-hmm. so always even in japan it's yeah. always a man. Yeah. And so what is that? What is and that? Why do they have access for guns? Because Solomon said, yeah, we got to do something about, you know, these radical groups and terrorists. But a lot of these people are just, you know, yeah. they're 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 broken for whatever reason. Oh, by the way, we're all broken. That's what I want to say. We're all broken. I'm not going to get a gun. And, you know, uh, the other thing we didn't mention is suicide. It's like a third of gun deaths is right. suicide. That's right. uniquely mm-hmm. American as well. Everywhere else. You know, you can survive uh, uh, many different types of attempts. Uh, it's a horrible situation to even talk about. But, but I mean, that's, that's I think, the issue. It's the guns. And men. Um, and I just want to point out that there was this, you know, we didn't talk about this, but there was a Supreme Court decision, um, New York State Rifle mm-hmm. and Pistol Association versus Bruin, where the, the Supreme Court sided with Bruin. It basically um, makes it difficult for a state to... Uh, to to rule on where you can have have gun, carry guns. Um, that said, uh, Kathy Hochul and um, New York State came out with like, oh, we have like a new gun law, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's yeah. even more strict. <laughs> basically, yeah. so I, so they're like, it's in accordance with the Supreme Court decision, but it's like it's unclear, but also. They're well, just that, like that, not those, having those are, it. I don't know. They're just not the, having it. New York's not having it. So let's. Those uh, are let's two see separate things. Huh? Those are those are two very like what she did was like ten different regulations, and the Supreme Court decision basically just changed as you said that you know where you can carry and if you can conceal it. Um, but it's still really really hard in New York State to get a handgun. Like very hard. Bless New York State's heart for that. You know, for making it so hard, uh, I'm I'm super into it. Uh, and also, I I think what, did I mention this? I don't know if I mentioned this, but there was a really fun workaround about the other Supreme Court decision um, about the funding of 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 religious schools, where which was out of Maine, I think, right? Um, and Maine was like, we're oh, if you if you don't if you say any if you don't allow um, LGBTQ kids in your school. Uh, then you don't get the funding. So they like also did a yeah. workaround. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> and I just was like, that's lovely. I mean, people are figuring it out, which is just like I don't know. All, it's very... th- all three of the LGBT kids in Maine, and I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I'm saying, and just to be clear, there's like nine people. There. There's nine people, right? Right. So yeah. And two of them are kids. Uh, all right. Let us uh, take a quick break, and when we come back, we will discuss other things. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app 
that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I have used rocket money. And you guys, honestly, I had no idea how many things I was subscribing to that I didn't want to be subscribing to. I think we all go into, we enter into subscriptions with a Pollyanna view that we're going to use as a subscription, even though it's a super obscure, you know, educational app from Albania that uh, teaches Russian math or whatever. And then you're like, I'm never going to use this. Why did I get it? I should remember to cancel it. And then you don't. And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. I mean, that tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, so stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. And we are back. And before we get into the next topic, I want to do a quick races to watch, also known as electoral races to watch, because <laughs> nobody understands what I'm saying. For Mike in Illinois, he wants to spotlight the Illinois governor's race. J.B. Pritzker is squaring off against Darren Bailey. Bailey is trying to destroy Illinois' protections, making it a bastion of reproductive rights, freedom in the Midwest, and a haven for surrounding states. Um so look at the J.B. Pritzker, um, Darren Bailey race, and and maybe and and, and take my my listeners in Illinois, where are you at? Who are you voting for? What are you thinking? Also from Elizabeth Warren, from from United States Senator Elizabeth Warren, who is not a listener and who did not submit this race to watch, <laughs> but she did in, indirectly because I'm on her mailing list. Um, so she personally sent me uh, two races that she really wants people to watch in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, two states that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris won in 2020, Mandela Barnes and John Fetterman. And I've already talked about Fetterman 
are running to flip the Republican-held Senate seats, um, and they both support ending the filibuster to pass legislation that would ensure abortion rights. So they've been asked about that. They are on the record about that, and they are running, and they have got a really good shot. So if you're looking for races to support um, and you don't live in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, look at those two races. And if you live in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, oh, my God, let me know. What are you guys doing for those races? I'm so curious. All right, let us move on to topic number two. Airline travel has been relatively shitty over the past month uh, and all over the world, It not just here. Uh, on one weekend in June, Delta, American, and JetBlue canceled nearly 10% of their flights. And I guess the big question is why? And before we get into like what exactly is happening, uh, have either of you been subjected to it? I know you're both comedians, uh, and so I feel like this is something that, you know, comedians are more uh, likely to be subjected to. Um, I've been just as unreliable as airplanes at uh, making my flights. <laughs> uh, so I've, I've, I've luckily, uh, my system of um, barely getting there and barely making it uh, really has not. <laughs> uh, but I definitely, I've definitely seen it affect a lot of my friends and I've seen people stuck for hours. Um, no, I actually did one flight uh, returning this. At one point, I did have to wait like eight hours for our next flight. And that was nice. just like insane. I mean, just like I, in the uh, airport or did you leave? I, oh, I left because I. They told me they gave like they gave me the heads up. There'll be eight hours, and I was like, "Oh, that's oh, okay. at least that's nice. That's <laughs> right. That's a day of that's a day." Um, yeah, and you can't afford to drink in the airport. I was in, I took my first flight in a long time, and drinks were like twenty bucks. I'm like, "Who's affording that?" But then I decided that I read an article. Have you heard about how much money now they're giving people when they bump them? Like thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. Really? One article ten thousand dollars. You know, I'm just going to start taking flights to gigs where I know I'm not making much money, which is usually the case just in hopes <laughs> I make more money getting bumped from the gig than the gig itself. It's called the Burning Bridges Airlines. (laughs) You know, the funny thing is, I was sitting waiting for a flight that had been delayed, and I heard people talking about what you're talking about, Pete, and this woman was saying, oh, I've already gotten, I can't remember what number, but it was like like a crazy number. Because, you know, I... In, in the past, you'd get like a couple hundred dollars or something. Yeah. But this woman was like, oh, I already got like $1,200, something like that, um, for for a, a getting bumped off a flight. And and I was like, that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't know it was mm-hmm. like such a phenomenon. Um, I emceed a conference a few couple weeks ago and multiple people, their flights got canceled to come in and speak at this conference. And so then all day, because I was emceeing all day long, I was like fielding. Uh, instead of this person, now introduce this person. Or I'd like be on stage, didn't know that the person wasn't making it, and then just introduce a person that wasn't there. Like it was like, it was chaos because the because so many flights had messed up um, this this particular conference. Yeah, yeah. Who, and, books, who books the conference? Uh-huh. <laughs> who, who books the MCs for this? <laughs> I know. Oh, sorry. You're trying to get my job. <laughs> That's how comedians, I just want every, everybody to know that's how comedians think. Like, I stopped listening when oh, you're yeah. like, I emceed this conference. I'm like, oh, what's oh, that? Oh, yeah, who's who <laughs> that, Nikki? And that's so interesting, though. Um, I actually was on a cancel. I almost got stuck in, uh, where was I? Denver. I was on the Way Way Don't Tell Me stand-up tour, which will be, we'll have a bunch more dates in the fall. And I got stuck, you know, I was stuck in Denver. Uh, and they were like, oh, yeah, you can't go home until like two days from now or something. And I was like, that is not happening. Get me on a flight. You know what I mean? And I did some, I, I did a crazy overnight flight with a layover. I mean, it was horrible, but I finally made it home. Um, and it's funny because like when I was a young buck, like 
it wasn't so bad. But with a kid, you're just like, I got to go and like, oh, yeah. I have a take care of this yeah. kid. I tend right around and leave. But I think the airline issue more than anything else, what I've heard, and I've talked to some pilots, uh, it's harder to get pilots. A lot of the, this generation of pilots were, were recruited out of the military, you know, 20 years ago. And they got to retire at 65 because you yeah, can't fly mandatory. after 65, which is what they should do to the Supreme Court. But the the other the issue is that the airlines thought that that the covid pandemic, which obviously destroyed the industry, uh, was going to last a lot longer in terms of impacting air travel. But they didn't realize that Americans don't care about each other. And we went right back at it and, you know, in like 18 months and they were planned for six years. So they basically laid off like the big airlines laid off like 30,000 people. And so they just don't have enough people to to populate the flights. They also, you know, got rid of planes. And as if you've been on a plane lately, they've, they've really stripped them down. Solomon, I don't know what your, your plane has have been like, but do they did they did yours have seats? Um, no, I stood up. Uh, <laughs> just have a, a handrail. Uh, no, it's actually. Um, but I, I, I feel like yeah, there's there's a shortage that was already there, and then not rehiring people fast enough. But also, most importantly, like if when once the mask mandate was lifted, and how quickly everyone was happy with that, and you're like, just because the pandemic isn't killing everybody anymore, it doesn't mean that it doesn't take out a worker for three to four days. And right. And that's, like, that's um, definitely a big – that's not helping them at all either. Well, and then the other thing about – you talked about like the the U.S.-based pilots are, are were recruited from the Army and now they're retiring. Um, also, I didn't realize this, but the U.S.-based pilots have to fly 1,500 hours before they're allowed to pilot commercial planes and that most other countries don't require anything near this level of training um, and interest – and – the U.S. historically didn't require this level of training. Now, when it comes to, like, a couple of areas of life, I think it's hard to say, let's just have them be a little less trained. And one of them is pilots and the other one is, like, surgeons, right? You kind of want everyone yeah. to just be the most trained. <laughs> but I can also see it being a little, you know, in some cases, like, a bit much. Look, well, American Air Truck. American air travel is so, so safe for a few reasons. And I would argue that these heavy regulations on the airline industry, certainly the, the public, you know, the commercial industry. I know Solomon probably flies private, so he's taking a lot of yes. risks. <laughs> um, but also the other thing that's happening is there's not enough. And it, so this is what I experienced. So I um, uh, listeners, uh, I went to Paris last week um, Paris? because my husband had a job. He was um, filming something there. And then I, as his spouse, had to just protect him on the streets of Paris. You know what I mean? I couldn't let a grown, yeah. uh, you know, adult 39-year-old man uh, travel no. alone. It's not safe. You know what I mean? So I was forced to go um, and experience Paris myself. And as listeners know, I have mild history, a very, very long and um, – intense history with Paris. Uh, and so there, so one of the things that, you know, we, we read about this, this issue with, with us, uh, with, with plane travel in general. So we have a TSA problem. Like there's a shortage of people working on the ground in airports because in 2020 their travel dropped by 70% airlines, airports, everybody was freaking out. Everybody got laid off and they thought it was going to be a six year recovery 
Um, little did they know, or they could have probably easily figured out that it was only an yeah. 18 month recovery. <laughs> um, because at the minute people got vaccines, they were talking about trips, right? I don't, I don't know if that was the case with your friends and family, but like, that's what happened. That's what I was hearing, you know? Oh, that's what uh, I was saying. It was me that was doing that talking. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they went from having like reserve crews and, you know, a lot of like safeguards so that, you know, a canceled flight didn't lead to a cascade of canceled flights. But they, they don't have that anywhere. They don't have any reserve crews. They don't have any reserve ground crews. And I was in Charles de Gaulle in um, Paris and it was bananas. Like I – it was just – I mean I got out. Everything was fine. But the lines – like they were clearly understaffed. Like I had – we waited in more lines than I've ever waited for in any airport, airport in my life ever. Can you imagine I, being the, the people that are working those lines, the, the actual employees? Oh, because the, I like mean, every just dealing with the person. angriest customers – I'll be honest, yeah. if I was in, if I was there, I'd just let, let people through. I wouldn't even bother. I'm like, go on, head. <laughs> you don't look like you'll blow up everything. Get on out there. <laughs> oh man. It was uh it was crazy. So I so it it does it does feel like it's um it's a it's a global problem. And then here's the other hilarious aspect of this, which is that so things seem to be moving more slowly in general, and part of it is because there's more leisure travel and less business travel. In leisure travel um, when it comes to people doing the leisure travel, they're just worse at being in airports. Like they don't know what yeah. they're doing. They don't yeah. know when mm -hmm. to take their shoes off. Do they take their right. laptop out? And so they end up slowing everything down. So it's not just, you know, the way the management's handling it. It's also just like the, us as leisure travel, we immediately turn, I feel like I have a diff completely different vibe going into an airport if I'm going to the Bahamas versus if I'm going to, you know, Chicago for a gig. Uh, I immediately become just like 15 times more incompetent, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, the people that travel for business travel on a regular basis. They know how to do it. They know how to behave. And if you're just, you know, you saved up all year to go on a vacation with your family and you're already stressed out because these damn kids and then you get there and you realize your flight's been delayed and then, and then you scream, you scream as loud as you can. What the hell is wrong with this airline? And your daughters are looking at you like, what's wrong with you? You have a, a temper problem. <laughs> and then the whole entire airport is looking at you and then they ask you to leave. Yeah, you know. Because right. you haven't traveled yeah, in a while. Look. Exactly. You Look. you just painted a, a, a picture of a movie starring uh, Pete friend. Dominic. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> all right. Let us move on to, by the way, listeners, this is the point where I'm supposed to say, guys, hit me up on uh, social medias that you should also not hit me up on because you should save your mental um, health and not go online in that way. But if you do, have you been affected by the airline chaos? I'm curious to hear your stories. All right. Let us move on to topic number three. Uh, so, okay, this is a grab bag weird stuff. There's a couple of items in here. Minions, the rise of gurus out in theaters now. And this weird thing is happening where teenagers are wearing suits and getting dressed up to see the movie and they're calling themselves hashtag gentle minions. Uh, what did you? What do you think of this phenomenon? It's like all over TikTok. I love it. I think it's fantastic. And you know what? The theaters, you're a dying industry. You should not be complaining about this. You are getting people showing up in droves, paying money to participate in, in movie watching. So, what's the complaint? It's. I think they make a noise, right? Well, okay. By and large, 
everyone's just dressing up real yeah. nice. And at first, it started out with just like the the the, the young the young men doing it, um, and then it also now the ladies are doing it wearing like formal wear and they look lovely. Um, uh, a cinema chain in the United Kingdom actually banned moviegoers from arriving in formal wear because a group of like rowdy gentle minions. Uh, disrupted the screenings. Other movie th- theaters have posted warnings about showing up in suits. If they do, they could be asked to leave. Apparently, there was like a theater that lost like $1,200 because a bunch of other patrons demanded their money back after some of the gentlemenians were like being really rowdy and throwing tomatoes at the screen and just like being ridiculous. Wow. Um, one, so, okay. But I want to say that's a Bring minority. Tom- where, do you get to- where do you get tomatoes? <laughs> I think it's a Who brings tomatoes? <laughs> By the way, listen, I just want to say as long as I can dress up like Thor mm-hmm. to go to the movie, then I'm comfortable. And by the way, I don't even I'm not, not I don't even mean to go to the movie Thor, like just any movie. I just Oh, I mean and, and to and to show up to this podcast dressed up as Thor, uh, yes. which you know, <laughs> me me and Solomon have just been enjoying. Uh, though well, you do you have like maybe four to six fewer abs than the actual <laughs> Thor. Not true. Not true. It's I don't even know why you're saying that. But, uh, <laughs> a lot of people. A lot of people tell me I look exactly like Chris Hemsworth. I get that a lot. Um, I but I want to say. I love this trend because anyone who knows me knows that I love a community-minded people in real life coming together, doing something silly. I don't remember the last time. Like, I never I, – I think the the era of the Rocky Horror Picture Show was a little bit before my time. I never did that or, you know, I wasn't around for that. I, are they still doing that? I, um, I, I would love to see that if that's still happening. I think I it's actually still Seattle happening in a theater near it. me. Huh? I grew up in Seattle and we had it, um, but I don't oh, know okay. if it's in Los Angeles. But we have like uh, when I was grow- growing up, I would go. I went like three times, and it was the best experience. <laughs> right. So it, there's something about kind of making it an event, and I really love that. And well, and also I should just say from personal experience, I took my daughter to de- this. I just called it Gentle Minions, uh, whatever it is, Rise of Gru, and I googled, "Is it okay for toddlers?" Whatever. Anyways, and a bunch of blogs were like, yeah, it's fine. But I took her, and she really loved the, like, getting the popcorn, da, da, da. but she did not like this movie, so we only watched, like, 25 minutes and then left. But I was like, oh, cool, I just wasted money. But that's fine because I was, like, supporting my local. Um, but, uh, but, but one thing that was really surprising, it was, like, 4 p.m. or whatever on a week. I just picked her up from camp, and she – and it was packed. And so I – I didn't I didn't know some of them were probably wearing suits I didn't notice but I was just like wow there's a lot of teenagers here which I didn't expect I thought it would be more kids um but well, this I think is it's what, their generation of their it's their movie it's right their, exactly it's their movie they grow up on the minions okay and they all do the like little voice I heard kids doing the little yeah banana. minions voice oh look I, as a as a fan uh, of the minion franchise <laughs> and oh, I, like, do you or do you speak the gibberish oh it's it's oh it's just it's it's so I'm not gonna do it but I but I think theaters oh. should lean into this I think they should just make gentle minion yes. viewings they yeah. should have separate spaces so they can fun. get it and just get the money off of it without having to like I, and I, well, I actually, even though it, I can see that it's disruptive, I love the idea of them doing of the kids. When I heard the kids like doing the voices, I was like, "Oh, that's cute," and I love that. It's like it's like a bellow is how they say hello. Banana, they say a lot. It's very. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's really cute. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, the movie was not for me. I'll just put it that way. But it was cute. All right. The next weird issue that we're going to tackle is that um, is the big question on no one's mind which is our gophers farmers. (laughs) 
because there's this new study about southeastern pocket gophers, which is a gopher we all know and love, obviously. But you know the southeastern pocket gopher. Uh, It looks like they do some light farming in their lives um, as a form of sustenance. Did you guys read this article? Did you think I was ridiculous for wanting to talk about it? I'll just say I'm a gardener. And a gopher. I can talk about groundhogs and or gophers for the next three hours if you'd like. Oh, I have a <laughs> deep and complicated relationship with them. And by that, I mean I want them dead. And oh, it's so because you, they're so farming. So gophers are heinous to you. I of all of the creatures and all of the critters, those that eat the things that I work so hard to grow in the ground are the ones I like the least. So yeah, uh, it's groundhogs. And then my, yeah. you know, my, my groundhogs are really, you know, they really kind of they look at you and they look back and they're very awkward. They're, they're not good at moving. They roll around. They're, they're just not. They're so needless. I, I can't stand them. And they're farming. Under my home, under my shed. I mean, how long? How long do we have? I just have so many harsh feelings. <laughs> because um, okay, um, now Solomon, I don't know where you are on the farming um, and gardening scale. Um, um, most of my plants in my home are fake. Um, okay. And the only okay. experience I have with groundhogs and gophers are based on how Bill Murray reacts to them in films. So. <laughs> yes, yes. I feel like many of our audiences will jive with that. Now, I am what they call a Manhattan gardener, so which is a term I just made up, uh, which because I do some gardening on my balcony. So I've never met a gopher, um, and I'm not going to say, you know, I'm not – look, I, I can't go where Pete is going. I don't have harsh words. To the uh, gun store? Huh? <laughs> to the gun store. I want this gopher dead is what I'm saying. That I feel like there's so easier violent. ways to murder Pete, gophers. That is so, <laughs> so violent. I just want to say Fake of the Nation does not endorse any violence towards gophers or groundhogs. But here's the thing that they do. They build the – this is how they're farmers. They build these root cropping systems um, – that so they dig long tunnels underground that promote plant growth, Pete. So I don't know what you're talking about. And they allow fairly easy root nibbling. So these plants start growing. There's a little nibble on the root so they can get a little sustenance. And then who they did keep... this study? The groundhogs? I yeah. <laughs> big 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 gopher is out there big pushing out <laughs> studies. You know what I mean? And we're just, and li- I'm just here, just totally susceptible, you know, to the I lobby hate this group. Topic. Look, it sounds like they, they're giving you a free irrigation system, Pete, and you're not taking advantage no, of it. No, no, <laughs> that's not what I'm know my saying. Struggle. They're literally making it possible for these things to grow so they no, can nibble on no. the root. I feel like no, that should help you. They are fascist little pigs. <laughs> um, all right. You know what? I, uh, I know this is a ridiculous topic, and I just thought it was interesting that anyone is looking at it, but also that we have friends in the animal kingdom who are doing a thing that we thought only humans could do. So there, I just wanted to, I just wanted to give the gopher, the southeastern pocket gopher, to be particular, uh, the respect that I believe they're due. Um, 
And uh, well, I'll g- I'm here to give them the disrespect. And so I'm here Pete to counterbalance. Is here to that. give them the disrespect because you know we're fair and balanced. You know, so we like to do both. <laughs> uh, we like to look both both sides of the issue, all sides, all yeah, sides. Yeah, yeah. That by the way, this is what Fox News uh, is covering. The last time there was a horrific shooting, they just ignored it and talked about this gopher <laughs> story. <laughs> <laughs> <That's obviously laughs> um, okay, so that is uh, nothing much happened today, but you know, gophers can build tunnels. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that is the end of the show. And before I turn it over to you guys to hear where what you're up to and where we can find you, I want to let listeners know, I just realized this morning, I was just sharing with our wonderful producer, Andrew, that today is our literal sixth anniversary at Fake the Nation. I just realized it today because our very first episode went up the week after July 4th in 2016. So here we are in 2022, six years later, um... I can't believe it because in tw- in that first episode, we had to talk about Trump. And unfortunately, even though he's no longer our president, we still fucking had to talk about Trump today in a, in a, in a, in that first segment. So apologies, <laughs> um, the, the, you know, but anyways, happy anniversary. And especially I think there, you know, there we have, we've had listeners that have been listening since day one. So extra special anniversary to those guys. Um, uh, and, and then my 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 wishes of a happy anniversary lessen the the less you have listened to this show over the years, but you can make up for it um, by by keeping with us um, and letting your friends know. So thank you to everyone who's been with us for these six years. Uh, I hope you've had some sort of fun, and we'll keep going. <laughs> but what I would love for the people of Fake the Nation to do right now is to know about where they can find you and all of your good works. Solomon, where do they do that? Uh, I'm Solomon Giorgio all across the board. Website, uh, Twitter, social media. It's I'm the only, one and only. And if there is another, uh, I would love it if people out there would take that person out. <laughs> and <laughs> the, uh, if, if I you're am... a gopher, I think you could sick Pete on them, you know? <laughs> well, I actually... But like I said at the top, I'll say it at the end, I looked into Solomon's work uh, before he started. His comedy is hilarious, his writing. And so I have changed my name to Solomon Giorgio. <laughs> so find me at all things Solomon Giorgio. And uh, oh wait, who's at my door? They want to take me out? <laughs> Solomon works fast. It's Solomon. How are you here? I can be anywhere. <laughs> He burrowed uh, a tunnel into your recording studio, Pete. Uh, yeah, my shed, my gopher hunting shed. Uh, I I do a podcast every day. It's uh, I, I try to find two of the smartest people, most thoughtful people I can provide uh, find every day and have good conversations where we learn and and, and try to navigate this uh, journey and alleviate uh, our own suffering because we all have it a little bit, you know? Yeah. Stress, anxiety, learn about what's going on in the world. And uh, I love it. So check it out. Stand up with Pete Dominic. Oh, folks, it's such a great show. You should absolutely be subscribing and listening to Pete Dominic every day. He's on my feed. He should be on yours. What are you doing? Um, As for us here at Fake the Nation, uh, you know where to find me and all the stuff that I do. I'm going to be in Portland and Seattle next week because I'm going to be on uh, Pod Save America. They have a show uh, Friday. They have a show Thursday night in uh, Seattle and they have a show Saturday night in Portland. So I will be a special guest of the Pod Save America universe. Um, and so if you are in one of those towns, come check out the show. It'll be super, super fun. And then otherwise, um, I have other dates coming up, uh, another thing in August, and, and um, a bunch more dates 
in the fall. So I will keep you posted here. Um, and of course, you can see me in New York City doing the stand-up comedies. Um, and uh, what I would really like to do is thank all the people that make our show possible. That's our wonderful producer, Andrew McGuire, our fantastic stand-up and engineer, Stephanie Aguilar. Um, thanks to everyone at HeadGum, especially Emma Foley, who's been helping us out at the studio. And... Um, I also want to let you know that if you want to send us an email, you can do that at fakethenationatheadgum.com. Again, that's fakethenationatheadgum.com. Send us your races to watch and electoral contests to watch. And um, any other ideas you might have for panelists uh, and and topics. And um, what else do I usually tell you? Again, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Farsad. And we will be back in your earballs next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast.